0: Good morning, Delaware. I figure it's Christmas Eve. I don't want to shout today, but I hope everybody is having just a wonderful Christmas Eve. We are going to do a a little special Christmas show today. Good morning, Nicole. Good morning, George. I like your
1: soft, sultry tones. Oh, thank
0: you. This is my public radio voice. (laughs) We have Hannah Simpson in the studio with us. Hi, Hannah. How are you doing? Well,
2: hello. Thanks for having me back.
0: You're welcome. And uh, we are looking forward to having you on today's show and next week's show. So we'll uh, we'll be referring to you several times during the show. So, (laughs) So we thought today we would talk a little bit about Christmas movies. I love Christmas movies. I love
1: Christmas movies too. I have too. a
0: whole box of Christmas movies that that Joyce and I watch every year. Okay. So we, we, and we're going to talk about a few different ones, and some of them that maybe you don't think of as a Christmas movie, but work. oh, mm-hmm. so, like Die Hard. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I was thinking more like The Lion in Winter. Oh, okay. That's a you know that's now there is a nice family story about. Five people who hate each other. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> See, yet... when
1: you started with the lion, I was thinking you're going down the path of the lion, the witch, and the wardrobe, which is kind of a Christmassy story. Always winter,
2: but never Christmas. Never Christmas. Oh, that's sad. I know. Oh, but they triumph.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I know the ending of that one.
0: That's a good, good, good triumph. Yes. So, so, um, so what? So what are some of your favorites?
1: Well, I love Elf. That okay. is probably one of my favorite Christmas movies of all time. Um I love a Christmas story that oh, sure. of course got the tradition of the twenty-four hours. Well, back in the day when I actually had TV and I wasn't just streaming everything, you know, twenty-four hours of a Christmas story on I think TBS was mm-hmm. where it played. Bumpers! <laughs> <laughs> and um, I have to tell
0: you, Darren McGavin in that movie reminds me so much of my father. <laughs> it is even funny. Cursing at the furnace. Right. Yeah, having a car that he hates—all of those things. I loved all that. Yeah.
1: I I love the um, just you know, the little brother never being able yes. to get his arms down. <laughs> in my arms and. <laughs> and there's a phrase in that movie that my family has used forever. That uh, is, Lord knows, mother never had a warm meal in her life, and that <laughs> phrase has been said over and over in my household. <laughs> so those are some of my favorites. What are some of your favorites?
0: I like um, the ref. The Ref is one. It was made in 1994 with Dennis Leary and Kevin Spacey and Judy Davis. And it is about a dysfunctional couple who are coming back from their marriage counseling session that has been a terrible washout. They stop at a convenience store to pick up some stuff for the Christmas dinner they're about to have. He stays in the car. She goes in. And when she's in there, she gets kidnapped by a cat burglar who has just robbed a house in the town that they live in and set the alarms off. And he's trying to find a place to hide. Hmm. So Dennis Leary is the cat burglar. Judy Davis is the wife. Uh, Kevin Spacey is the husband. And hilarity ensues because these two can't stop fighting even when there's a gun held to their head.
1: Oh, I love it. And they are
0: constantly picking on each other. And Dennis Leary is just bum-fuzzled by these people he just does not understand how they can be so rich and so unhappy right then their son comes home from military school after having just blackmailed the commandant of the school <laughs> and it just Glennis johns appears as the mother-in-law from hell and it is the just
1: perfect picture of dysfunction
0: one layer of it after another of humor in this movie i just absolutely love it so it's one, we always watch that at the very end of the holiday season when we've headed up to here with Sweetness and Light.
2: Mm-hmm. So <laughs> yeah.
0: that's kind of like the wrap up. So Hannah, what's yours?
2: Oh, I, I really am like a very much a Christmas person. So I watch mm-hmm. a lot of them. Um, a Muppet's Christmas Carol. Oh, oh that's yes. a good one. Yes. Always a good one. Yes. Uh uh, White Christmas is my family's perennial favorite. That's usually mm-hmm. our
0: first movie to watch
2: is um, We're saving it for Christmas. I'm saving it for Christmas Eve this okay. year. And then my underrated one is a 1945 film called Christmas in Connecticut. I yes. love that movie. It is. Right. Actually, Dennis
0: Morgan and Barbara yes. Stanwyck. Oh, Barbara oh.
2: Stanwyck. Yes. And I actually introduced it to to my boyfriend this year, and he keeps coming back to it. He thought he was going to dislike it, but oh. he keeps talking about it and saying, you know, how to rock a rocking chair, and <laughs> and yeah, and they there's she's a columnist for a magazine who sells herself as this housewife from, on a farm in Connecticut, and she has a loving baby, and she and she cooks all these fancy meals. But in reality, she is a fabulous single woman living in New York City, (laughs) buying herself mink coats. And the publisher gets a letter from a soldier who was stranded at sea, and he wants the housewife to host him for Christmas. And so she has to pull it together and find a farm in Connecticut to have Christmas there. To pull off the ruse. And sure enough... She falls in love with that soldier. Well, the sailor, <laughs> sailor, <laughs> sounds about right.
0: It's it is so funny. Uh, Sydney <laughs> uh, Greenstreet is the publisher, and he won't listen to anybody. He just Mm-mm. bowls over everybody until he meets Felix, who is her friend, who runs the restaurant that gives from the menu her the menus that she claims are her own in the magazine. Oh no! So it's just again, <laughs> it's so much fun in that movie. There's it's it's very funny. It has a great romantic ending. Uh, so it's it's that's a great choice. I love. Post I actually
2: found it. I was wrapping presents one year to. Christmas on AMC back uh-huh. when we had TV and then the next movie was Christmas in Connecticut and I was up to my elbows in wrapping paper couldn't change the channel right. and now it's a tradition. Yeah. Yeah.
0: That was when Joyce introduced me to. I'd never heard of that and she said, oh, you've got to see this movie oh, in 1950, 40s Christmas movie. And I fell in love. It's charming. So we, every year we have to watch that one. So.
1: Well, we also have – I um, headed my book club um, that Hannah's also a part of, and we met uh, this last week. And we talked about – we got a good question, which was what are some of the modern, like, Christmas movies that have been released on streaming services that – um, you've been into lately that aren't necessarily hallmarky, but are maybe just a little bit different. And one of my new favorites—I have two actually. Um, one is called Noel. And it features Anna Kendrick and Bill Hader, two of my favorite oh, people.
0: Favorite people, yes.
1: They, this is streaming on Disney Plus right now. It's the only place where you can access it. And it's the story that um, the Santa hood is actually passed down through the family. It's like the patriarch of the family. Your next born son <clears throat> becomes Santa. <clears throat> Excuse me. And... Um, there are special gifts and talents that come with that, and uh, things like you can magically kind of speak in any language, or things like you can um, really just inherently know what somebody's uh, gift choice is going to be. And uh, Bill Hader is the uh, the son uh, who Nick, who is ready to inherit the Santa hood. Um, he doesn't have any of those gifts. <laughs> he's not doing so hot at it. <laughs> and his, his very supportive sister, Noel, played by Anna Kendrick, decides to encourage him that maybe he just needs to take a little vacation, just a little weekend break uh, before the holiday, and he needs to maybe just, like, go to Hawaii or something like that before the holiday. Um, and so he goes on that break, and he doesn't come back. <laughs> and um, so Noel is tasked with finding him, and when she finds him, he's in this, like, sunny southern, like, California town. I think he's in
2: Arizona. Yeah
1: he's like in this like warm weathered place and she's like Nick you have got to come home and then along the way uh we find out that maybe the sister has some gifts that the brother should have inherited so it's very sweet um came out in 2019 you can find it on Disney Plus um one of the other ones that I am a big big fan of came out just last winter 2020 on Netflix it's called Jingle Jangle And it is a musical, and it features people like is it Forrest Whitaker? Mm-hmm. Keegan Michael Key. Oh yes. Um, there are just a lot of really wonderful names in that movie. And um I can't I can't really give it all away, but you Yeah,
0: you really once you get started on it, it would be hard not to give away a lot of spoilers, but it is so good. You've got to
1: watch that one. Jingle Jangle 2020 Netflix. Um <clears throat> I was also thinking there's a series that came out that has a book tie-in, came out in 2020. Um, and it's called Dash and Lily. Um, it's based on a three-book series written by Rachel Cohn and David Levithan, and um, it's Dash and Lily's Book of Dares, Twelve Days of Dash and Lily, and Mind the Gap, Dash and Lily, and it is about these two um, older teens, probably 18, because there's a lot of independence in New York City uh, <laughs> in this story, and um, they are writing each other um, clues in a notebook Um And they are kind of uh, it's the notebook is found in a bookstore and uh, Lily has written some clues. Dash finds the notebook. He follows the clues and a kind of a scavenger hunt ensues throughout New York City um, all around the holidays.
0: I immediately went to Dashiell Hammett, Lily, and Hellman. I had no idea that that's not who you were going to be talking about. Maybe there's wow. the tie I'm sure in there. The tie I bet in, yeah. that's what it is. Sort of like yeah. Sheldon and Leonard on Big Bang Theory being Sheldon Leonard. Uh-huh, the actor, so, uh-huh. yeah. So, hmm,
1: exactly. Yeah, it's called Dash and Lily. Um, there's one season on Netflix now, and but I imagine because of the multiple books there's probably going to be more uh, or you know
2: it wrapped up pretty pretty nicely okay. um, I haven't made it all the way to the end yet it was really charming mm-hmm. and it's really good uh, I think I watched it in a day I think there's only like six or seven episodes mm-hmm. yeah I think, I think I haven't heard anything about a second season
1: it's a cute one there's really nothing it's, it's good for older teens
0: I have one other favorite Christmas movie that's not particularly new but it's one that uh, almost nobody's ever heard of because as far as I know it's never been released on video um, all it's, it was in the theaters when it first came out, it was done on one of the, maybe it was AMC, maybe it was Turner classics or somewhere. And I video recorded it. I did it on a VCR, uh, VHS and had it transferred to, uh, to DVD because I can't find it anywhere else. And it's a movie called comfort and joy. It was directed by Bill Forsyth who did, um, a local hero and some other movies. He's a Scottish filmmaker. And this is set in, um, uh, I can't remember if it was Glasgow or Edinburgh, but it's about a radio announcer whose girlfriend leaves him uh, right before Christmas and he's really depressed and he's trying to find something else to make his life meaningful. And he gets in the middle of a fight between two ice cream distributors in (laughs) town who are like mafia bosses fighting (laughs) over who's going to have what territories. And he, because he gets involved with Mr. Mr. Frosty, Mm-hmm. Everybody around him thinks he's losing his mind because his girlfriend's left him. In the meantime, he's trying to settle this vendetta between these two uh, the ice cream families. And it's just a charming little movie. And Bill, uh, it, the, the lead is Bill Patterson, who is a really dependable British actor. Uh, and he plays this part so well. He's got this hangdog attitude through most of the movie until he kind of gets to the solution of how he can bring them together. It's, a, it's got delightful music, wonderful little character parts in it. And like I said, because as far as I know, it's never been released uh, on video or DVD, CD or whatever. It's kind of hard to find. But it's really worth tracking down if you happen to see it like in the, in the listings for mm-hmm. one of the streaming services or something. So again, called Comfort and Joy it was made in 1984. But you also mentioned A Christmas Carol. And <coughs> there are so many good versions of mm-hmm. A Christmas Carol out there. And the newest one that I really love is Patrick Stewart as, as Scrooge. He does a great job. As you can imagine, you can see Captain Picard being Scrooge, right? <laughs> I mean, it works. And so it's a, it's a really good version. But Alistair Sims' version from 1950, the U.K. version, is the one will always be my favorite. So what can I say? So. Well,
1: I thought you, now, is it the Magoo Christmas? Is that oh, a Scrooge that. story or oh, yeah, is that just, because like, you've always given high praise for the Magoo Christmas. But that's
0: only like 24 minutes with commercials and everything. So, I mean, it's really short and I still think it would make a good, you could do that as a live version using that music. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I, I don't know uh, what the rights like would, would be like to try to get something like that done, but I, I think it would make a wonderful stage musical.
1: One of the things that our our book club was talking about, we read a book of short stories, and um, it was by Connie Willis. And it was um, there's a the the, the title um, story in the book is called Miracle, and <laughs> there's a lot happening in the story. I won't go into detail, but what we learned from that one particular story is that people have very strong feelings regarding "It's a Wonderful Life." Versus Miracle on 34th Street. <laughs> I did not personally know that they were in competition with each other, but this book, this short story, really made it feel like they were.
0: <laughs> so I've I got didn't to ask. You realize the, you had to pick one or the right, other,
1: right? I have got to ask. Got the question. Do you have a preference? Does one win, which wins in a fight?
0: I almost always watch It's a Wonderful Life, and I only watch that, um, Miracle on 34th Street once in a while. Mm-hmm. But I don't dislike. Miracle on Thirty Fourth Street, especially the original version with Natalie Wood, right. and Edwin Gwynn. Yeah, I and
1: mean, of course that's the one that Edwin they're Gwynn, yeah. referencing. Mm-hmm. You
0: got a preference,
2: mm. Um I'm in the same. I don't have a preference so much as I tend to watch It's a Wonderful Life more. Yeah, but that's that's I just love it, Jimmy Stewart. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's cool. it comes down to that. Right. I think, <laughs> and
0: I, I I always look at that as being sort of like the flip side of a Christmas Carol. It's like the Christmas Carol told from Bob Cratchit's point of view. Mm, mm-hmm. And so uh, a friend of mine is writing a play actually where he takes the elements from It's a Wonderful Life with A Christmas Carol and tells the story as if Potter gets visited by the ghosts mm-hmm. of the night that he screws over George Bailey. Mm-hmm. It's really good. He's a, oh. I, I was part of a staged reading of it uh, a couple of weeks ago, and it's really, really good. I, if he ever gets it done... And gets it mounted. It's going to be really. It's going to become one of those Christmas perennials.
1: Yeah, yeah. Of course, that would seems like it would blend really nicely.
0: So we're going to take a break here, and when we come back, we are going to have a little visit from Saint Nicholas. So whatever you do, stay tuned. Welcome back to Off the Shelf. We're here with Nicole Fowles. Hello. Hello again, Nicole. (laughs) And (laughs) Happy Christmas Eve. Hi, hi. Merry Christmas. It is a nice Christmas Eve. I, I love. I love Christmas. I'm just a. One of those Christmas people. So we're going to talk a little bit about a couple of things that are coming up this week at the library. Uh, we actually do have a couple of book clubs meeting this week. We so do, yeah. So on, on Tuesday, we had the book club at Powell at 530 and at Ostrander at 7. Do you know what they're reading?
1: I sure do. I have Harla's in front of me right now. So would The
0: Ostrander. Yep,
1: Harla's book club in Ostrander meets at 7 o'clock. And this week, they are discussing The Noel Diary by Richard Paul Evans. And if I can see anything, it looks like, um, yeah, it looks like it's going to be a very sweet title. Um, they've got actually a, a handful of wintery things. They've got um, another one coming up in January, which is A Week in Winter. So Ostrander is always good at getting into the season of things. Definitely. We also have at the Powell Branch Library, the 530 Book Club is Carrie's Book Club. And their title this week is A Christmas Memory by Truman Capote.
0: Oh, yes, that's nice. So good. (laughs) Yes.
1: That was the one that I wanted our book club to read, but (laughs) I- uh, Same, that was the top of my list mm, too. I got vetoed.
0: And then we have the big event uh, a week from today. Yes.
1: The biggest event that's happening this week Everyone's going to be there. <laughs> and actually, anyone can be there because this is going to be virtual. Um, it is our virtual New Year's Eve party. Um, this is the second year that we've done it virtually. It's going to be so much fun. Um, they play it like a, uh, like a news report from the library. Um, it begins at 1130, and it is going to be on the library's YouTube channel, which you can access at youtube.com slash the, D-C-D-L, that's T-H-E. DCDL, Or you can just, you know, go to YouTube and search for us as a user. You'll be able to find us nice and easy. Um, But they are going to have, they do sometimes some little science experiments, some STEM activities. They will do some book readings. They will do some activities that they'll show you how to do. And then um, at home, you can gather the materials and you can follow up and do the activities at home. Um, and then right before noon, they will do a countdown or a count up to noon. And that will help um, those little kiddos uh, get the simulation of what New Year's Eve is all about.
0: Right. It's sort of a ball drop, but with balloons and with lots of. Lots of fun. Yes, I, this is one of my favorite events all year. I just, I just get a kick out of New Year's Eve. So it
1: is fun. Yeah, and and Bridget promised us that she would not uh, get herself too worked up, and she would keep it nice and safe while she is uh, getting everything ready. Because last year I felt like she was going to pass out
0: <laughs> from all the energy
1: that she was trying to that she was trying to muster whenever, because she had just a little bit of time to fill.
0: Yeah, <laughs>
1: she interviewed Andy about socks.
0: <laughs> right. Well, you know, you gotta you gotta go with what you've got, and sometimes that's. It's We've
1: like, never done that. No. No. Never.
0: We've never, never, <laughs> never pulled for time or anything. So, anyway, uh, I would be remiss if I did not mention that at our Board of Trustees meeting this week, Michael Butler we, uh, chaired his last meeting as president of the Board of the Trustees, and he's been on the board for about 16 years. He's just yeah, did, I provided wrote it down. yeoman service to the library over the years.
1: He was. He, was, take, he took his oath of office on November 17th of 2005, and that was to fill an unfulfilled term. And so that puts him at, what did we say, Just going over up 16 on years, 16 yeah. years.
0: And uh, Sina Baker, who uh, has been the secretary of the board for almost as long as I've been working at the library, has decided to step back. And Connie Skinner is going to be the, the new uh, secretary of the board. And uh, Holly Quain, uh, who many of you know is the president of the Delaware Chamber of Commerce, has been the vice president of the board. will be stepping up to the board's uh, president uh, as of January. And Scott Teedy, Reverend Scott Teedy, uh, will be the vice president for the, for the next year. So we appreciate all the service that you folks provide to the library and to the board. So uh, and again, thank you, Michael, for some some great years of service. Thank yeah. you.
1: We honored him and and Cena both with um, some pretty neat uh, pretty neat little tokens of our appreciation for our barbecue master and <laughs> our Harry Potter fan.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so we have uh, we had just a, a really nice meeting yesterday. So our excuse me on Tuesday. So um, we're going to wrap up today's show with a, a reading of. Probably one of the most famous poems in American literature. And I think I can say that without fear of contradiction because almost everybody knows the beginning and the end of this poem. That's right. Uh, and there are various. Or some portions and within. And some portions from within, especially if they remember all the reindeer. Right. So, The Visit from St. Nicholas is more commonly known as The Night Before Christmas, or <laughs> Twas the Night Before Christmas because of its first line. It was originally published anonymously uh, 198 years ago. Wow. Uh, December of 1823. Um, And it was later attributed to Clement Clark Moore, and he claimed ownership or authorship of it, I should say, in 1837. So for 14 years, nobody really knew who had written it. Uh, Moore was kind of an academic and didn't want to be associated with basically a fairy tale for children, <laughs> so he kind of stepped back from it and never actually published it under his own name until his own kids pushed him to do it so that he could get credit for it. And they—they they had. <laughs> and they
1: probably been, wanted their estate to get credit for it too.
0: <laughs> Copyright was a lot looser back then. I bet. I mean, yeah. So, uh, but uh, yeah, there was. There's actually some controversy over whether Moore really did it. Some of it is literary, you know, kind of the interpretation and everything that he did. But it's still uh, I widely believed that he was the, the writer of the poem. The interesting thing is he did set it on Christmas Eve because even as we have today, there's that great controversy between the secular side of Christmas and the uh, religious side of Christmas. And so he wanted it on Christmas Eve so it wouldn't interfere with the religious services hmm. and everything that goes with Christmas Day. Interesting. So, and I had not known that until I did a little research of this before we did this today.
1: I so. did not know that either. So, but it seems so appropriate for Christmas Eve. Doesn't it? It mm-hmm. just
0: seems, and, and it does bring a lot of different uh, folk themes together for, for what Christmas is about. So, mm-hmm. And this is really the first time Santa Claus is described. He's not, not called that in here, but uh, this is the first time he's described, and it's the description of Santa Claus we've used ever since. Mm-hmm. Uh, so let us get started, then. Uh, why don't uh, I take the first line? Yes,
1: let me clear my throat for a moment. <coughs> <laughs> <coughs>
0: mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> we shall begin.
0: We shall. (laughs) A visit from St. Nicholas by Clement Clark Moore. Twas the night before Christmas when all through the house, not a creature was stirring, not even a mouse. The stockings were hung by the chimney with care in hopes that St. Nicholas soon would be there.
1: The children were nestled all snug in their beds while visions of sugar plums danced in their heads. And Mama in her kerchief and I in my cap had just settled our brains for a long winter's
0: nap. When out on the lawn, there arose such a clatter I sprang from my bed to see what was the matter. Away to the window I flew like a flash, tore open the shutters and threw up the sash.
1: The moon on the breast of the new-fallen snow gave a luster of midday to objects below, when what to my wondering eyes did appear but a miniature sleigh and eight tiny reindeer.
0: With a little old driver so lively and quick, I knew in a moment he must be Saint Nick. More rapid than eagles his coursers they came, and he whistled and shouted and called them by name. Now Dasher, now
1: Dancer, now Prancer and Vixen, on Comet, on Cupid, on Donner and Blitzen, to the top of the porch, to the top of the wall, now dash away, dash away, dash away all.
0: As leaves that before the wild hurricane fly, when they meet with an obstacle mount to the sky, so up to the housetop the coursers they flew, with a sleigh full of toys, and Saint Nicholas too.
1: His cheeks were like roses and his nose like a cherry. His droll little mouth was drawn up like a bow and the beard on his chin was as
0: white as the snow. The stump of a pipe he held tight in his teeth and the smoke it encircled his head like a wreath. He had a broad face and a round little belly that shook when he laughed like a bowl full of jelly.
1: He was chubby and plump, a right jolly old elf. And I laughed when I saw him in spite of myself.
0: And to all, of your listen, to all of our listeners, to everybody here in Delaware County, from the friends of the library, from the staff of the library, from Nicole, from Hannah, and from me, a very Merry Christmas to you and your family. And we will see you next week. And we'll see you in the stacks next week. Bye-bye.